Praise God. Praise God. Well, let me share something with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. And if you would, go to the book of 3 John. 3 John. It's only one chapter, so it's 3 John 1. 1. Now, I just want to read. I'm going to do some reading here, but to the, it says, To the elder, to the beloved Gaius, and whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That was one of the first scriptures as I started reading my Bible and I came to it and just one of the first scriptures that left in my heart that God wanted us to prosper and he wanted us to be in health. Amen? Okay, so he says, For I rejoice greatly when brethren came to me and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So here's the Apostle John writing this letter. It's only 14 verses to it, writing this letter to Gatius. And he's saying, man, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I just rejoice tonight to hear you guys are walking in truth. Now think about that. We live in a world today where in the natural, you can't tell what's the truth, right? Everything, crazy, internet, whatever's going on out there. You don't know if it you don't know if you're buying the right thing or not. Hello? I mean, you say that you'll you'll think you got the best product, you've researched the best product, and then you go look at the reviews and somebody says, Oh, well, that thing ain't no good, you know. Buttons pop off. Or, right? And so then you get in doubt and you start thinking, golly, I wonder, you know, I wonder if that's right or not, or you know, did that guy just get a bad one? Or, you know, have you ever noticed they do reviews? 424 reviews. And the, there's a big majority of them that are all good. I mean, who's not going to post a good review? But then all of a sudden you get somebody else and you're like, well, what's, you know, is there just something wrong with them? Are they just naturally grumpy? And so therefore you can't trust it. You know, nothing. If it had been boxed in gold, it wouldn't have made them happy. You know, you don't know. You don't know what truth is. But then, do you know, there, on, the, on the flip side of that, if you know that you're telling the truth to your wife, you know, you don't really have anything to worry about because you can't get in trouble when you're telling the truth. Unless, I guess, the truth is going to get you in trouble, but I'm just saying. If you're not hiding anything, right? You're not trying to keep a secret. You're not trying to, you know, and you're just telling the truth. You walk in in truth. Well, you don't have anything to worry about. Look, if you've been accused of something and you have to go to court, you're not really worried about it because you know that what you're going to do, all you have to do is tell the truth, right? And it brings a sense of peace over you because you just got to tell the truth, right? Well, John is saying, he's saying, man, I'm so happy you guys are walking in truth. There's only one truth you can walk in that's going to bring you peace and joy and happiness, and that's the truth of God's word. Because there's only one person, listen to me, folks, quit thinking that the news is going to give you the truth. Quit putting your faith and trust in man because there's only one person that's ever going to give you the truth, and that is what you're going to get from the Word of God and the Spirit of God revealing to you there's nothing else. Because the world will say you're not perfect. The world will tell you you're not good enough. The world will tell you you're not tall enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not, you know, this. You're not that. you got the wrong hair color. Your nose too big. Your ears too big. Just keep on going, right? You didn't do it right. You didn't spend your money right. You didn't invest right. You didn't do this right. You didn't buy the right car. You don't have the right house and not the right color paint. You shouldn't put that roof on. 
The world's never going to tell you what really truth is that's going to bless you. Hello? But God's word is set up to bless you in truth. Now you think about this. Well, let me go on before I'm going to get into the rest of this thing. Let me read some more down here. It says, so I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. So in other words, these people got a revelational truth on the inside of them, and it was evident to others. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, do not be beloved. You do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for the strangers who have been born, who have borne witness your love before the church. So in other words, it's a truth that's changing their life. It's a truth that's causing them to act differently than they normally would have done. The truth of God's word can do that for you. It can cause you to act differently because you know the truth. Hello? You can bless somebody when you know you're loved by God. But if you don't know you're loved by God, then you're going to be stingy and selfish, and you're going to try to get it all for yourself. But when you know the truth of God's love, you know that God's love abounds and that you have enough, and God has enough, for everyone, and you don't have to be greedy, right? There's enough of God's presence for everybody. There's enough of God's love for everybody. There's enough of God's finances for everybody. Hello? Okay. So he, it's changing them. Okay. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well because they went, they went forth for his name's sake, teaching nothing from the taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers in the truth. Now look at this. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Now think about this guy, Diotrephes. What is up with him? This is John. This is the apostle John. This is the guy that was with Jesus at the Last Supper, laid his head on his breast that was right there with him, that saw the miracles, signs, and the wonders of him. This is John. And this dude, Diatrophes, who's he? Who is he? I didn't, you know, I didn't see him in amongst the 12. Who is this guy that has just in a very short period of time become so arrogant that he's looking at the great apostle John and would not receive, they want to let him come preach at church. You think about this. You know, so many times we think about the days of Jesus and and, you know, we just think it all just ought to be glorious. Man, you know, you didn't make it to Acts chapter 5. You got Ananias and Sapphira lying, dropping dead in the church. You got this dude, you know, this is like 30 or 40 years later. And, and, and he's all, he, he won't even let John preach. I mean, I think if John walked in the church today, I'd let him have the pulpit. Right? I mean, I think all of y'all would be in agreement. Hey, yeah, let John. He was right there with Jesus. He could tell us how it all went down. I say, yeah. The attributes, he wasn't there. But this dude got an attitude and a spirit on him that he's not even letting John preach in church because he wants the preeminence amongst men. So you see, when people don't walk in truth, the enemy quickly comes in and gets you sidetracked to where you're not really even making any sense anymore. That's why churches split and do crazy things over the simplest little things because they're not walking in truth because they'll get in a split over the color of the carpet. Right? And they say, that's it. I'll never go to that church again. They want a blue carpet and I want red. You know? And so what my point is, is that people get like that because they will not walk in truth. Truth will set you free is what Jesus said. 
When the truth of God's word is in you, it will set you free. So he goes on down here and he says, uh, therefore, if I come, I, I will call to mind the deeds which he does, patting against us with malicious words and not content with that he himself does to receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to putting them out of their church, putting them out of the church. Beloved, I do not imitate what is beloved. Do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God. He who does evil has, has not seen God. It says, Demetrius has a good testimony from us all and from the truth itself, and we bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with a pen and with ink, but I hope to see you shortly and will speak face to face. Peace, uh, old friends. Our, our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Okay? So you got to understand something. God only operates in truth. God doesn't operate in lie. God doesn't have to fool you. God doesn't have to bait you into something. God's not going to go out there and trick you and, 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 and do something and say, oh, now I'm getting them. I'm going to get them over here. They're going to think it's good over there, and then I'm going to get them. No. Numbers 23, 19 says, God's not a man that he should lie. <clears throat> Hello? Nor is the son a man that he should needs to repent. God doesn't do anything wrong that he needs to repent about. God's got it in control. As crazy as what's going on right now in the world, as crazy as people are right now, I want to tell you something. God still has it under control. God knew that was going to happen, and God has a plan. He has a plan for victory for those of us that will walk in truth. But it's so easy to get sidetracked. It's so easy to get off of, off of the truth of God's word and get over to something that isn't going to make a hill of beans. But God's not. He's going to operate in truth. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, even when we become faithless, he's still faithful because he can't change. He's God. He's going to always be operating in truth. His word is not going to change. His promises to you is not going to change. His love, his mercy, his grace is not going to change. If you don't feel love tonight, I want to tell you something. God's love is still abounding towards you. You're just out of the flow. And what took you out of the flow was not walking in truth. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who called you is faithful, who's also going to do it. God's a faithful God, and he's going to make it happen if you will cooperate with him in truth. So I have seven quick truths you need to know, okay? You're going to say, Robert, I already know that, but do we? Number one, God loves you, and he made a way. Do we really know the love of God? I said this a couple of sermons ago, talking about the love of God is just always being for that. Love is just always going out there. But do we walk in it? Because, see, if we really walked in it, well, you know, we'd be happy people. I mean, honestly, the creator of the world who makes worlds in six days and sits down underneath a tree and drinks him a jug of sweet tea, huh, loves you? But you see, we get into feeling that we've forsaken. We get to feeling that, oh, my God, we've done something too wrong. We get, we're, God's not there. It's love's not there. God's not rescuing me. God's not helping me. God's not, he doesn't see where I am. And then we just get over there, and that prophetic voice of the devil comes into our life, and we start prophesying to us. All what I preach Sunday, prophesying to us, prophesying to us. And we're just listening to that prophetic voice. We're not listening to the voice of God and his love abounding towards us. Because if it was, we would be happy. Okay. So whenever you're finding yourself in that place, just stop for a minute, and I want you to ask yourself, are you really walking in truth? John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believed him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he made a way through Jesus. Okay? Second one here. 
Romans 10.9. You ought to know it by heart. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Salvation comes out of your mouth and out of your heart. I'm so glad God didn't say, listen to me. <clears throat> I know I use this example uh, Sunday, but it's so good. I mean, if you've ever lost anything or you ever have a hard time trying to keep up with something, your car keys or, you know, whatever, and you're always going around saying, man, where did I put that? You know, or you women are digging through your purse and you're trying to find those things. Well, listen to me. Isn't it nice that God arranged it to where you, you really, unless you have laryngitis, you're always equipped with faith and your voice. It's in you. You can't lose it. It's right there on the tip of your tongue. All you got to do is start getting the praises of God going out, start getting the truth going out of your mouth. All you got to do is start saying it. And all of a sudden the waters start parting. But oh, how we want it. the devil, the prophetic voice of the devil wants to come into us and start lying to us until we start getting coming out of our mouth all the wrong things. We say all the wrong things. We just speak all the wrong things. They just don't change. Okay? So the third truth, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The third thing is, here's a truth that you have to know, is that repentance brings forgiveness. This is what gets me. Again, if anything makes you feel like you're not right with God, all you have to do is from the heart repent and say, God, I'm sorry. Boom. But you see, we have a hard time with that because we as humans don't forgive. You made me mad. You hurt my feelings. You did this. You did that. You know, and so therefore we're hurt and we're, thank goodness God is not like that. Huh? Thank goodness God isn't like, yeah, yeah, you want something now, but what about the other day? Huh? I heard what you said. You thought you weren't, but I knew how many hair fell off your head that day, and I know what you said. I mean, I praise God. He is not like that. That when you truly repent from your heart and say, God, I'm sorry. And I, 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 I'm amazed because I'm telling you, I know in a human form, we're not going to do it. We're not going to forgive. But I know one thing. The truth is God does forgive because 1 John 1, 9 is what he told us. If you confess your sins, I'm faith and just to forgive you. It's a truth you know. You see, it's not just knowledge. It's a truth you know that changes your whole life. Are you with me? See, a lot of Christians have head knowledge of things like this. But do they have truth down on the inside of them? That no matter how many times they mess up, they can go back and just get down on their face and say, God, I am so sorry. I, I know that's wrong. I know I shouldn't be saying that. I know I don't want to do that. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, See, then he's getting all that stuff off of you, getting all that stuff off of you, getting all that stuff off of you, which brings me to the fourth thing. The fourth thing is, the fourth truth is, is that Hebrews 4.16 says, you have access to the throne of God. You can literally walk right into the very throne of God where, where I mean, world business is being taken place. But see, the devil was coming and get the prophetic voice and steal, your, steal the truth and say, oh, when you pray, God doesn't hear you. God must not be hearing me because I prayed and it's not being answered. Instead of saying, no, I went to my father this morning and I know I was right with him because I repented before I went into the throne and I had did business at the throne this morning and I've talked to the Lord about this situation and that situation and so I know 
I know that Jesus has taken up my cause with the Father because he's ever living to intercede with me. That's another truth I could have put in there. So I know, God, you've got this worked out, and although it's the, the, the picture is messy to me, you're going to straighten it all up. It's going to be okay. And I'm going to walk in peace, and I'm going to walk in truth. I'm going to walk in your love today. I'm going to walk in forgiveness today. See, the devil can't steal those things from you. When you start walking in that truth, then all of a sudden everything else changes because it has to line up with the truth. That's why John could say to Gaius there, oh, beloved, I want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So as your soul is prospering, then everything else naturally manifests. But your soul's not going to prosper if you don't walk in truth. Listen to me, this world's never going to satisfy you. Another human being is never going to satisfy you. All the wealth, all the riches, all the everything, it will never satisfy inside of you because you're created in an eternal spirit, and that spirit's always crying out for a relationship with the, with the eternal God. But if you don't connect, then you keep thinking the world's going to supply it. It ain't going to supply it. Now, here's an exciting truth. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 1. What did Jesus say? We say it all the time. We hear this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Right? For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told, I would have told you. But I go and I prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, well, then I'm gonna, when I come again, I'm going to receive you to myself. I want you to know the truth of this promise is that Jesus did not leave you and he's coming back for you. Hear what I'm saying, folks. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. I don't know when, but Jesus is coming back. It's a truth. It's a promise. Look, <clears throat> it's so, it, it, just, it just so blesses me. It comforts me to know that I'm not left here. When I was a kid, I got lost in a mall. I actually didn't get lost. I just somehow or another, as a little kid walking around, grabbed the wrong person's hand. And my mother went one way, and I went the other way. And then in a minute, I realized the person that was holding me wasn't my mother. And so there was a moment there of just, you know, like, uh. but she found me pretty quick. Didn't leave me. And I really wasn't concerned that she was going to leave me. I knew she would find me because she was my mother, Right? And to the best of my knowledge, she didn't want to get rid of me. So I felt fully confident that she would get me, right? So my point is, is that in life, no matter how much turmoil there is, no matter what's going on, it blesses me. Every time I see a cloud in the sky, I love clouds. I could sit in the back of my truck and look up at the clouds all day long. I love to look at clouds. And it excites me to think that one day he's coming back on a cloud that it just could be that one boiling up over there, you know? Okay, so it's a truth. It's got to get down on the inside of you. He, you're not left alone. You're not an orphan. Jesus is coming back for you, okay? Now, here's one you don't like so much, but it's truth. John 16, 33. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Woo, I've overcome the world. There's going to be tribulation as long as we live in a world, a fallen world that is not the way God intended, there's going to be tribulation. Hello? There's going to be a pulled muscle now and then. There's going to be something going on. But Jesus said, 
You can have peace in the midst of the storm. One of the greatest stories of the Bible is Jesus is asleep on a pillow on the back of the boat, and the disciples are just paddling to get to this. They're thinking they're going to die. But yet he's asleep in the back of the boat. Always, that story always really amazes me because he, did he have something to keep him from getting wet? And then who sleeps on a boat when it's tossing and turning like that? But Jesus did. And that's how he wants us to be in the midst of the tribulation of life. Look, folks, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how things are going to shake out. I can't sit here today and tell you I've got the great prophecy of what's going to take place in, in, in the U.S. or how this is going to happen or what's going to take place in the Middle East or this is what's going on or this is whatever, the, you know, variant on top of the variant on top of the variant. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know this. I want to do the best I can to walk in peace and not let it distract me and stay on the truth of God's word so that I can walk in victory and have peace in here and be sane enough to help somebody else in the midst of trouble and trials. I don't know how many, and this sounds bad, and don't, don't send me no ugly letter, but I don't know how in the, many times in the past two years it's come to me and said, oh my God, get ready, it's about to hit. You need at least three weeks, weeks of food and groceries because, I mean, it's going to hit the fan. And then three weeks came and ate up all the groceries, and then we all got down. I think it's grocery stores putting it out. <laughs> I think they decided to capitalize on this stuff. They just left all the toilet paper in the back. They never put it out. <laughs> Laura and I were talking the other day, and I said, I don't know. You know, in 28 years of pastoring up here, I don't know. I've never had to think about things that have gone on the last two years. I've never had to pray about it. I've never had to thought about it. You know, like this. I've never prayed for toilet paper. I mean, you think about that. Who thinks about that? Although I did say two things that I thought were valuable, and I said this years ago, would be toilet paper and women's hair dye. Yep. <clears throat> Box of hair dye. I can probably buy anything in the tribulation. Okay, but there's tribulation. But we've got to have peace in the midst of it, church. Come on, we're Christians. We believe in a God of miracles, signs and wonders. We have got to be people that are faith-filled and strong. And when the world is worried and troubled, we have a good word to say. Look, I don't know what's going to hit the fan, but I just know one thing. I'm going to do it with God. And you better be right with him because he may be coming back because he is coming. Right? Okay, which takes me to the seventh thing, last one. This gets me excited. I just threw this truth in. It doesn't really fit completely with all the others, but I just threw it in because it's one that makes me happy, okay? The truth of Revelation 19, 11 through 14. It says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he sat upon him, was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And then his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. The seventh truth here that you need to get down your heart is that, yes, we're going to go to heaven, but we're coming back. And we're coming back with Jesus. And we're going to come back and find linen, not necessarily the type of clothing it may be, but the righteousness. It's clean, it's fine, it's the righteousness of God. And we're coming back with him to rule and reign on this earth. It's a truth. 
It's going to happen, whether you believe it or not. But when I read this, and I read Revelations 19, 16, I say, Lord, I'm coming back with you someday. No matter what's going on, there's going to be this day come back that Jesus, you're in charge. And there are only going to be Christian schools. Think about that. There's only going to be Christian hospitals. And they're just going to be a place where the sick went to get healed. There's only going to be Christian government because he's in charge. And I get to rule and reign in this lifetime for eternity in righteousness where things are righteous. They're not unjust. They're not cheating. It's not about getting money. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's all about the righteousness of God. And I get to rule and reign in that with him. I don't care if I just stand on the street corner and, and, and stop jaywalkers. You know? I mean, seriously. To be in that, to know that that is a part of my future. I'll have a summer house, I guess you would say, in heaven waiting for me. Right? Because we've left the mansion in heaven and we're back down on earth. Have a vacation spot in heaven. A mansion. Better be down here on this earth working doing whatever, my glorified body. Folks, I'm just telling you, that excites me. Things like that make me happy. Because I know it's the truth, because it couldn't be in the Word. Couldn't be in the Word, because our God is faithful, and what He says is, and what He promises is going to happen. It could not be in here, unless it was the truth. So I want to tell you something. The retirement you really need to be worried about is that retirement. Hello? Being right with him, walking in the truth, it'll set you free. So I encourage you tonight, maybe you need to go home and maybe you need to sit down and write down what truths you really know. What truths you can stand on that will not be shaken in your life. You're not going to get talked out of it. Post them. Put them on your, your fridge. Look at those truths. Go over those truths. Say those truths. Speak those truths. Discuss those truths. Put them up there and look at them. Take some time. Write them out. However, however it, you know, however you learn, however it helps you, you know. List them all out there. Whatever. Go over it. Let your face see it. Because, folks, listen to me. That's what you're going to live by. That's what's going to put joy in your heart. That's what's going to bring peace in your life. And that's what's going to get you to that place that we need to be. For the days ahead. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Why don't you stand up? Let me pray for you. I'm really, I'm really serious about doing that homework. Write those truths down. But Father, I just declare over everyone tonight, everyone here and everybody watching, Lord, I just pray over them right now that, that where the prophetic voice of the devil has been in their life, just yakking and yakking and yakking, that Lord, tonight that that voice is shut up because truth has gone forth. I declare people grab hold of the truth. People walk in the truth. People take this message and look down on the inside of them to say, what do I really believe is truth? Because that truth should affect our lives, and then we're going to live it out. And so, Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you, Lord God, for your grace, your mercy abounding upon each and every one of us. I thank you, Lord, for blessing our hands, prospering us at every turn that we go because you want us to prosper. You want our souls to prosper. You want us to be in health. And Lord, I just declare right now that we're the healthiest, wealthiest, most blessed people on the face of the earth. 
I declare Christians rise up right now, Lord, and begin to confess it, begin to declare it over their lives, that they are healthy, wealthy, and blessed. Lord God, that, they, that, that your power begins to manifest through them and that miracles and signs and wonders and just things that they could never have dreamed of begin to happen in their finances, Lord. I declare, Lord, that they are blessed. I declare that tonight truth abounds. And Lord, I thank you for it. And I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.